Let us pray. Lord God, we praise you and we love you. We thank you for allowing us to come together today in the celebration of the life of Joan Curry. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing us each one the privilege of knowing her, having a little bitty part in her life. You bless the family, Father, all of her friends and acquaintances that are here. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. His grace has brought me save thus far, and grace will lead me home. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the Of the family, I welcome you to the celebration of life of Rebecca Joan Curry. Joan passed away January the 2nd, 2023, Memorial Hospital, Mercy Hospital, 
God breathed the breath of life into her. In November the 9th, 1950, in Newport, Alabama, the daughter of Charles and Hazel Lamb. Joan was a homemaker, a member of Montanay Baptist Church. <laughs> she enjoys spending time with her family and friends and worshiping God. I can't think of anything that's any more explaining about Joan than those words. She was very supportive of her family and her husband. She was loving and very, very kind. A sweet-spirited lady. We'll all miss Joan. But I say to you, family, it's just begun for her. The Word of God tells us 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Today I can say unto every one of you beyond a shadow of a doubt that Joan is enjoying being in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God, hallelujah for that. If there's anything that should give us comfort, should give us peace in our hearts, is to know that Joan not only lived out her life here on this earth as a born-again believer, but will spend eternity living out her spiritual life with Jesus Christ. And I praise God for that. I, I just enjoy, if that's a proper word, in doing services when I know that I know folks are going to be in heaven. I praise God for that. And I thank God for Joan and her influence on my life, my wife's life, the lives of those here in Montanay Baptist Church, as well as her family. She's survived by her husband, Dwayne Curry, her children, Jason, his wife, Angie, Amanda, and her husband, Randy. Her siblings, Tommy Lynn and his wife, Joy Lynn, and three grandchildren. I cannot think of anything that's much more appropriate at this time than to have her brother, Brother Tommy, come and share a word. Will you do that, Brother Tommy? Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. I'm honored to be here with you today. Um, I know I can speak for the family when I say this. Uh, thank you for your friendship with Joan. Uh, one of the joys of living a Christian life is having good Christian friends. Amen, brother. 
uh, it's it is a difficult life at time that we at times that we live. And our friends, our Christian friends, that spend time praying for us and visiting with us, and just making us laugh and have a good have a good time. Let me tell you, I can't tell you how valuable that is. And I think you know know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so, I thank you for that. And I know that uh, <clears throat> your reward in heaven will be greater than you can imagine for showing friendship to my sister. Just wanted to share a few things with you uh, about uh, my life with Joan. And uh, I was the baby of the family. I was five years younger than Joan. My other siblings were quite a bit older than me, you know, so I was just the little brat that got in the way all the time, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I can tell you, Joan took care of her little brother. In fact, is my very earliest memory of Joan is this. My, I think it's my earliest memory, period, okay? We lived in central Florida. And one day, one afternoon, it snowed in central Florida. And I can remember Joan had me sitting in the kitchen sink. And uh, uh, probably a good place for me, to tell you the truth. And uh, she, was, she had a black pan, and she was holding it out the window, trying to catch snowflakes to show, to show to her little brother. And that's my earliest memory of anything at all. Uh, that's, that just, to me, shows you a good example of who Joan was. Okay? She was taking care of that little baby brother and trying to show him something special. And I tell you, that, that, that still today means something to me. And Joan took care of me at other times also. I can remember one time <clears throat> mom had uh, five or six ladies from the church over at the house, and they were in the living room. And um, I slipped in the kitchen and borrowed a knife to do a little whittling. Okay. Uh, now, my mom had gotten on to me just very recently about doing that. So I was trying to be quiet. You know, she was entertaining her friends, and I was going to entertain myself. So I went outside and had a stick I was going to whittle on a little bit. And <clears throat> um, the knife slipped, and I cut my thumb. And I can still see that scar right there from that. I cut my thumb, and, of course, it was bleeding like crazy. So I grabbed it and ran around to the back door and came inside, and Joan's standing there, and I said, I've cut my finger. And she said, well, I'll go get Mom. I said, no, don't get, don't get Mom. Don't get Mom. Everything will be all right. And she said, well, come in here, and I'll take care of it for you. So we went in the, into the bathroom in the back, and I've got my hand over the sink like that, and, of course, it's just bleeding like crazy. And I wasn't paying attention to her. I'm looking at my thumb. So she grabs a bottle of rubbing alcohol and pours it on my thumb, and I screamed like somebody had shot me. I mean, that was, I don't think I've ever yelled that loud in my entire life. And, of course, then you've got mom and five ladies from church all crowded in the bathroom. And, of course, I, uh, the end result of that was I got a bandage on my thumb and something else applied somewhere else, okay? But Joan's intentions were good, okay? 
They were good intentions. She was going to take care of her little brother again, you know. Uh, and, and, I, and again, that's, that's, that's some of my earliest memories of, of my sister. Uh, I can tell you from that point on, if I hurt myself, I went to somebody else. <laughs> but uh, Joan was trying to take care of me. And I, uh, another, another strong memory that I have of her was uh, one um, day my aunt and her two kids came over to visit my mom. And uh, Joan, I must have been about five or six, something like that. Joan would have been about 10 or 11. And then my brother, middle brother, Charlie, would have been about 14 or so, something like that, 14 or 15. And uh, we were out in the yard, all us kids entertaining each other, you know, and mom and her sisters in the house. And uh, my brother decides that he, my, my middle brother's decided that he was going to demonstrate, um, I know you younger people won't know this, but you older folks will. He was going to demonstrate a new dance craze called the twist. Okay? So, and, and of course, my brother's very adventurous. At that time, he was about 6'2 and weighed about 130 pounds. He decided to do the twist on top of an orange crate. Now, an orange crate, about three feet tall, about 18 inches wide or so. Well, he stood it up on end, and he climbed up on top, and he's demonstrating the twist. Well, about 30 seconds of that, the orange crate went this way, my brother went this way, and he broke his arm. Well, back in those days, you didn't go to the emergency room. You had to, had to go to the doctor's office. So my mom and my aunt and my brother jumped in the car and took off for town. That left uh, me and my 10-year-old sister and my two cousins that were probably about seven or eight years old at the house by ourselves. And, uh, and again, we, we were trying to entertain ourselves. So we came up with the idea, we'll play hide-and-seek. You know, that'd be good. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the deal was, but my dad had moved an old piece of cabinetry called a wardrobe. He had moved it out of the house, and it was sitting in, out in the front yard. I, I think he was giving it to somebody or something like that. And if you're familiar with a wardrobe, it's tall, about six feet tall or so, and two big open doors, and you could hang clothes in there and everything. It's kind of like a, a closet to a certain extent. Well, my, uh, uh, my two cousins decided they were going to hide in the wardrobe. So they got in there and closed the door, and <clears throat> they were husky children, okay? And, uh, I don't, and I truly do not remember how the, this happened, but the wardrobe fell over on the doors. Now, this is in central Florida in the summertime, okay? And you've got two kids trapped in a wardrobe. So me and John are out there trying to pick this wardrobe up with these two husky kids inside laying on the doors. Well, let me tell you, uh, we had zero success, okay? We couldn't budge that thing. So didn't know what else to do, you know? Just, I think Joan went inside to get something to drink, and I sat down on the wardrobe, <laughs> And uh, my, about two hours later, my mom and, and her sister and my brother come tooling up the driveway. And uh, 
wardrobe's laying there, and I'm sitting on it. And mom rolls up and says, where are the other kids? I said, well, Joan's inside. And she said, where are your cousins? And I went like this. <laughs> you know, I can just imagine the stress that my mom was going through at that time, you know. At, at that age, I didn't understand it, but after having two kids of my own, I, I understand it very well. Um, but anyway, they managed to get the wardrobe up and get the door open and release the cousins, and, and my aunt went home, and my cousins did too, and I don't think they ever came back to our house. <laughs> but we did, have, we did have a very adventurous life, and, and again, I, I would stress this about Joan. Um, and, and all of you that have siblings, you know that brothers and sisters argue and fuss. You know, that's part of being a brother and sister, I think. Um, I can assure you, um, Joan definitely had a temper. She did, especially when she was younger. But I always knew this about Joan. If I needed somebody... Joan would be there. That is something that I hope that my family will look at me that way. I want to be like Joan. I want to be like that. I want to be the kind of person that if, if you need help, you know that Tommy will be there. And you know, again, I'll just close with this. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that Joan had a church family like you. May God bless you. Thank you. thy faithfulness oh god my father there is no shadow of turning with thee thou changest not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see all I have needed thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness Lord unto Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun.
thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. Thank you, ladies. Words to comfort a family that's lost one that they love dearly. Words to describe someone like Joan Curry. My vocabulary is not that broad. It's not that big. So I went to the Word and the word of God tells us. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. And there is no doubt that Joan Curry did not love God. There is no doubt that Joan Curry didn't desire to do exactly what God wanted in her life. Oh yes, there was the ups, there was the downs, there was the hurts, there was the shortcomings. But we know that Joan always ended up turning to God. The word tells us in the same passages that went what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God Almighty that created all things and God Almighty that carried us through our lives, carried us through the, the tough times, the times that it seemed like it was so bleak, yet 
when we think about what God has done for us, how could we really worry? Or if God is for us, who could stand against us? So today, family, I say to you, in your sorrow, yes, then that's perfectly right. In the hurt, yes, the loss of one that you love. But in the positive side of that is if God is for you, the world certainly can't stand against you. Your joy, your peace, your, your closeness as a family comes from the power of God the Holy Spirit. That one that dwells in your life, that one that, that when you don't even know how to pray, and I'm sure you have come to that point at some point in time in the last few days. God, I don't even know how to pray. I don't know what to even pray. And the Word says that God the Holy Spirit in our heart will make intercession for us with God. And that intercession, that presence, that peace that we cannot even explain is the peace of God that Joan would want you to enjoy today. To celebrate her life. To celebrate not only her life of 72 years, but her life of eternity with God. And I know she looks forward to the day that each one of you would join her in glory. We think about all the things that we have to deal with here on, on this earth. I, I, I'm kind of like Brother Tommy. I remember when, when my wife and Joan worked together in the florist shop over in Bentonville. Now, folks, I am not a florist. I can't take two flowers and make them look decent. Miss Joan, she could take the worst awful looking thing you ever saw and make something beautiful out of it. But I guarantee you, on Valentine's Day, they scream, Mac, come help us. No, I didn't make flowers, but I hauled them. Even during that time, I saw the sweet peace of Joan as she scurried about trying to take care of all those folks that were depending upon her to get a flower to someone they loved. Yes, it was hectic, but due to her business, due to her ideology of serving God and depending upon God and knowing God's in charge, she kept right on going. And it said, and the word says, and he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God cares about you, family. Yes, yes, there's going to be sorrow, but God cares. God will lift you up. God will encourage you. And I would be amiss if I didn't say this day. If there's anyone in the family or anyone in this auditorium 
that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that has not come to the point of being able to say, I know that I know that I'm a member of the family of God, Joan's desire would be for you to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. The Word of God simply says, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that he's at the right hand of the Father, and thou shalt be saved. So I join with Joan, and I say if he was willing to sacrifice his son, Jesus, how much more is he willing to usher you into the family of God if you will but confess Jesus as Lord and Savior? Who shall bring charges against God's elect or God's children? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Praise God, hallelujah, our Lord and Savior. He's not still in a tomb. Our, our student pastor, our associate pastor, he's getting ready to go to Israel here in just a day or two. And he will, he will see that, uh, that place that, that they call the tomb that he was buried in. And praise God, hallelujah, that's all he's going to see there. It's just an empty hole because Jesus isn't there. He arose and it says, who is even at the right hand of God right now, even right this moment. Dwayne, I say to you, family, I say to you, even as Christ is at the right hand of the Father, Joan, is in the bosom of Christ Jesus, in his presence. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. I don't know of anything that we can celebrate in Joan's life anymore than where she is right now. Right at this moment, she struggled with health for many, many months, years even. But today, Today, she's in the presence of Jesus Christ. She's not hurting. She's not struggling to breathe. She's in the presence of our Lord and Savior. Not just for today, not just for a little while, but for all eternity. If God's for us. Who can be against his family? So I encourage you today, turn to God. Turn to God in your, in your hurt, in your, in your sadness, in your pain. Turn to God. And let God the Holy Spirit give you that peace. The word says that passes all understanding. We don't understand it. Because it's the peace of God. Jesus says, I go but I leave you my peace, not the peace of the world. It's a peace we don't understand, but it's a peace that ministers to our hearts in whatever situation we're in. So I say to you this afternoon, we all love Joan Curry. We're all going to miss Joan Curry. 
but we can all look forward to the day, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you'll spend eternity with John Curry in the coming years. So as her pastor, her friend, and I pray a friend of the family, I encourage you, not from words of man, but words of God. God's for you. Nothing can stand against you. Depend upon God. Depend upon his presence in your coming days. Father, I thank you and I praise your name that you blessed this family. Father, you blessed them with the presence of Joan throughout their life. So now, Father, in her absence, I pray that you will continue to bless them. You'll strengthen them. You'll minister unto them. Father, I lift Dwayne to you. I lift the children, the siblings, all the friends. Lord God, I ask you, give us a peace that passes that understanding. And we praise you. We praise you for Joan. Thank you for letting us just be a part of her life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Come lead us, Brother Harold. I know Joan has already experienced, and I know we all agree what this, the last line of this great song says. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout for victory. Let's sing that today, when we all do get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout for victory. While we walk the pilgrim's pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout for victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. 
When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout for victory. The family at this time will uh, give you the opportunity to speak to them, visit with them a moment, and then the uh, family is invited to come over to the Family Life Center to spend time together with each other and all for a while. So at this time, I'm going to, uh, I'll pray and dismiss us, and then as you so see fit, you can visit with the family for a moment. Lord God, I thank you and I praise your name again for this special time. I thank you, Lord God, for this family. I ask you to bless them, draw them close unto you, minister to them, Father. And I pray especially for the children, Dwayne, all the siblings. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.